Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zinn.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Do you know another parent or a soon-to-be parent and expecting mom or dad? Please don't give them another onesie or another toy that you know is going to end up in the garage or at the Goodwill. Give them something that matters. And what matters the most? Protecting your child. What do you love the most in the world? Your children. I do, and I will do anything to protect my twins. Go to crimestopshere.com. It is a five-part series with action information that you can use to change your life and protect your child's life. Payment starting at $6.99. Give that as a gift, not another onesie or a plastic toy. Give them something that matters. Find out how to protect your child out and about at the mall, at the store, at the grocery store, in the parking lot, at home. Find out about protection regarding babysitters and daycare, even online cyber security. Oh, yes, my children are online, and you better bet I'm doing everything within my power to protect them. Payment starting $6.99. I would much rather have that than yet another plastic baby doll or, God forbid, a toy gun. Just what I don't want. 
Join the Justice Nation. CrimeStopsHere.com. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. It just rips your heart out. I'm having a hard time. I just, every day gets harder. A mother's heart is breaking. I'm scared I'll never see her again alive. Shirley Wade living with her 38-year-old daughter Emily Wade in Ennis, an hour south of Dallas, when her daughter disappeared. Emily, a waitress at Chili's, reportedly went to a co-worker's for pizza and a movie. She hasn't been seen since. Emily was last seen wearing a uh, peach-colored sweater. Police say she was driving a silver 2012 Nissan Altima with Kentucky plates. If anybody has seen Emily, seen that Nissan anywhere, please, we're asking you to contact the department. You are hearing our friend Carrie Sanders at NBC News and Officer Roger Cole with Ennis Police Department. What happened to Emily Wade, a mother of a beautiful little girl? She had just moved back into an area where she was very, very familiar so she could be with her mom living there in the apartment together to help raise her little girl closer to her ex, the bio dad. In the last hours, the body of missing Texas mom, Emily Wade, has been discovered in a creek bed. The 37-year-old mom, dead, was she swept away by flooding waters? If so, where is her car? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. With me right now, an all-star cast, John Limley, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, Ashley Wilcott, judge, lawyer, anchor, finder at AshleyWilcott.com, Dr. Daniel Bober, forensic psychiatrist, renowned forensics expert, author of Blood Beneath My Feet on Amazon, Joseph Scott Morgan, and joining me right now, the commander of the Cajun Coast Search and Rescue, Tony Wade. Commander Wade, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me, man. Tony, uh, very, very disturbing news has broken in the last hours, but I want to start with the discovery of her body and what we know about the topography, the geography of where she was last seen and where her body is and where you believe her car may be. You know what? Hold on, Tony. John Limley, for those people just joining us and are not familiar with Emily's disappearance, tell me quickly about the disappearance of Emily Wade, the mother Emily of Emily Wade lived in an apartment with her young daughter and her mom, Shirley, who we, we heard her voice earlier, in Ennis, Texas, about 35 miles south of Dallas. On the first Saturday of this year, Emily asked her mom if she could use her car to go to a male co-worker's house to eat pizza and watch a movie. Uh, the last time her family saw her uh, was late afternoon as Emily left for that friend's house. Yeah, I find that interesting because it was broad daylight. She left like five o'clock, something like that from her home. And she goes over to the friend's house. They have the pizza. They watch the movie. He says he sees her leave, sees the taillights in the distance as she, he looks out the window after her. And that was around 8.30. It wasn't very late at all. But then she never came home, right, John Limley? Correct. Around 10 p.m., Emily's mom realized that her daughter wasn't home yet. 
And then to add to that, the concern was even lift uh, was even heightened the next morning when Emily didn't show up for her 11 a.m. shift at Chili's restaurant where she worked. And see, that threw a wave of panic through me because, you know, at Chili's, who knows who had been watching her from the parking lot or coming in and having a meal at her table every night. This mother of one body just found. But where's her car? It doesn't make sense to me to the commander of the Cajun Coast Search and Rescue that she's in one spot and her car isn't nearby because you told me that the evening she drove away from the co-workers, the pizza and the movie, was really, really rainy and windy. It seemed as if from the position of her body that she was going over a very narrow bridge with no rails on either side. But that was not on her way home, Commander Wade. Yeah, that's right. That would have been uh, going the opposite direction of home. Uh, she could have gotten home that way, but it was it was just a long way around, uh, extremely long way around. Um, you know, why she would have went that way, just it didn't add up or make sense to us. And, you know, I, I don't know that she would have been real familiar with the area uh, where she was, you know, where her body was found. Um, we just can't understand why she would have went that way to begin with. Um, that's a big question there. You know, to Commander of the Cajun Coast Search and Rescue, Tony Wade, with us. Commander Wade, a- another thing that doesn't make sense. You saw her body. You saw her. Correct. You said her body looked, quote, pristine. You didn't see blows to the head. You didn't see where she may have hit her head on the steering wheel. Yeah, she, she, looked, she looked really good. I mean, a- as good as a corpse can look. Okay, let's just keep that in mind. But... Commander Wade, this is this is critical in my mind. I've been thinking about this a lot. When you saw her there on the creek bed, what? How was her body positioned? Was she on her stomach, on her back, on her side? Was she askew? Was she laid out as if she had been posed? She was. She was. She was laying on her back. Um, to me, it's an unnatural position for a drowning victim. Um, you know, I've, I've worked many drowning cases, and just the the way the body appeared just it didn't fit with a drowning especially in uh in currents like that like that creek would have had in it uh it just it, it just didn't it, it wasn't right the body position yes you know you and i've talked a couple of times on and off the air about this and believe it or not i woke up in the night thinking about emily wade and the position of her body that's something i didn't ask you Got another question for you. What was she wearing? She was wearing the the exact clothes that she went missing in. She had the peach colored, um, like pullover hoodie, uh, the jeans, uh, and tennis shoes. Um, the exact clothes. That she, she had on her shoes. She had on her shoes. Correct. Were her shoes muddy? May I ask? The clothes were. The clothes were had a little mud on them. Uh, not what I would expect. Uh, you know, from going into a creek like that. Uh, but there was some 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 dirt and mud. Well, hold on. Whoa, 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 wait. Cook mud on the front, mud on the back, mud on the shoes. Had you tried to walk through the mud? Well, what what about the mud? Was her hair muddy? No, it wasn't. Interesting. Uh, you know, now, now the back the back side was was pretty muddy because she was laying on her back in the mud. But you know, it it, it didn't appear like she'd have been crawling through mud or trying to walk through deep mud. Um, it just didn't appear that way at so all. So how would she have landed, just washed up on her back? Because 
typically, uh, hold on, I've got Dr. Daniel Bober with me. He's not just a forensic psychiatrist. He's a medical doctor. And then they specialize in psychiatry, is my understanding. I'm just a trial lawyer, Bober, so feel free to correct me, as you so often do. Uh, Dr. Bober, a drowning victim, this is anecdotal for me, and I'm following up on what Commander Wade just said. I've never seen a drowning victim turn up on their back, lying there, like they're posed. Yeah, I mean, you know, it it could have been staged, Nancy, but, you know, when people are drowning, sometimes they're thrashing all about, and you just never know what position they're actually going to end up in uh, when they finally pass. You know what? You're right about that. So I can't read anything into it. So every time I've learned of a drowning victim, I studied a scene, for instance, seen it on TV and movies, nobody's ever lying there on their back. Just trying to figure this whole thing. Okay, so Commander Way, did you see anything else that appeared unusual about the positioning of Emily Wade's body? Well, just this, the, the the whole positioning that was just unnatural to me for for a drowning situation. Um, you know, I've worked in many many cases with drowning victims, and I, I've never not to say that it's not possible, but I, I've never seen one in, in that type of position before. Uh, just kind of a relaxed. Well, Bober just tore apart that theory you and I were working up, but I I, I still believe it, uh, Commander Wade. Um, So many other questions swirling right now, and in the last hours, another development. Has Emily Wade's car been found? And where? So Emily's loved ones and police say they really don't know what might have happened with her. And as police are still searching this morning, but they say so far their efforts have come up empty. On Saturday, 38-year-old Emily Wade left the home of a friend where she'd been hanging out with some of her co-workers from Chili's restaurant. Police say she walked out the door at 8.30 and was seen walking to her car alone. Her family was expecting her to come straight home, but she never arrived. Detectives tell me they have searched the four to five mile route and the home where she visited and found no trace of Emily or her car. Did you cut that sound? You were hearing our friends at KTVT-TV. That was Jennifer Lindgren reporting and you were hearing Officer Roger Cole. Okay, so many questions to Cajun Coast Search and Rescue Commander Tony Wade. Number one, I heard them just say co-workers with an S on the end. Were there other people there having movie and a pizza or just her and that one guy? Well, we haven't been told it was other people. Uh, from what we understand, it was only the uh, the one co-worker. Okay. And I, I'm just wondering if there were more witnesses that could place the time she left. Really bothers me. So one thing I have to add for everybody to think about is I recognize that people think they know people and understand what people will and won't do. But I'm here to say as a judge, I see it every single day. We really, truly don't know what some people are going to do. So even if the public thinks he'd never do that, she'd never do that, they don't know. So please, please, people need to report anything that they know and let law enforcement take it from there. You know, Commander Wade, you have told me repeatedly that you had looked at that area or that area had been searched and her body was not there. And then it was. Is that correct? Did I understand you correctly? Yes. Yeah. There were several people that had checked that area uh, in the days prior to her discovery. And, you know, nobody saw her body. And, and when she was found, it was obvious. You could see, you know, yeah, but you had to be in the creek bed, but she was obvious. It stood out. Um, so, yeah, she wasn't there in the days prior, in, in my opinion. She just wasn't there. Uh, people, A lot of people had searched that area, and 
turned up nothing. Chief forensics expert, author of Blood Beneath My Feet, Joseph Scott Morgan, professor of forensics, Jacksonville State University. Joe Scott, is it possible that she was in the water and then washed ashore after the area had been searched? Yeah, it's possible. If she hung up in these creek beds, lots of times you'll have debris along the bottom. I've seen this many times where people drown and they'll be caught by branches or maybe beneath uh, or adjacent to a stump or rocks or whatever. And then as the body begins to change after death, they'll essentially pop up to the top. And this is very dynamic, as Tony had mentioned a moment ago, because the water is kind of sweeping, uh, very fast moving water. So uh, my question is, could she have been caught up in an eddy somewhere where they could not have seen her, where she was obscured in some way? And I have to go back to what we said earlier, and I agree with Tony. Out of all of the drowning cases I've worked in my career, and there have been hundreds and hundreds, I can tell you it is by far the exception to find a person floating on their back as opposed to what we classically refer to as a dead man's float, which is face down. It's anatomically uh, difficult for a body to kind of float in that posture uh, because of the curvature of the spine and also the lungs. So it, it's an odd case, Nancy, to say the least. Well, you call it odd. I call it suspicious because I'm not buying it. Something's not right. I feel that she was posed. Posed. That means this was not an accident if somebody took the time to pose her. Got another question for you. Commander Tony Way with Cajun Coast Search and Rescue. Commander, um, back to the area. If she had drowned, if she had had a wreck, driven into the water and drowned, which is the current working theory, I, I I'm not buying it. Something's not right. If that had happened, so many questions. One, did she just drive off the bridge into it? Did, she certainly didn't drive down the side of the creek bed. It, is it a river? Is it a creek? Is it a pond? What is it? Well, it, it's, it's, it's a creek, uh, and it's fed mostly from Lake uh, Bardwell. Uh, when the, when the level in the lake re reaches a certain uh, depth or height or on the bank or whatever, they open a dam and release uh, water out of the lake, and that's that's what feeds that 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 creek. Uh, you know, so I mean, it's, it's when when the, when the dam is open, there's a lot of water going through there. A lot of water going through there. What do you mean a lot of water? How deep can it be? Uh, on depth, I couldn't. I'm not positive on that, but there there's uh, I think there's, there's like 1.8 million cubic feet of water per hour. Uh, coming out of the dam, so uh, you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have a very swift, very swift. Well, do people right swim in it? No. Do people swim in it? No, they don't swim in it. It's just there's some, nobody swims in. No, it. there's a lot of log jams, uh, you know, all that stuff, all the way down that creek. Uh, now nobody, you know, with the current like you don't have any idea it. how deep it is. Uh, I've been told in the spots there were 15 feet of water. Uh, you know, and it varies from from, from place to place. Uh, you know, for 15, maybe some 18, 20 foot spots. Uh, you know, and then back down to, you know, the four or five foot uh, range. So it just, it varies all the way down the creek. What I don't understand, Ashley Wilcott, judge and lawyer at AshleyWilcott.com. Ashley, what I don't get is how this thing happened. There was no sign that she had driven, you know, what, driven through a bunch of trees and brush to just drive into the water when she's on her way home to see her mom and her baby where she lives. That doesn't make sense. Was she going over the bridge and she just goes off? If so, her car would be right there. 
15 feet at the deepest, that's not that, that current on a fi- in just 15 feet is not enough to take a car away and you can't find it in a creek. That is not going to happen. Um, and then she turns up on her back, just muddy on the backside. None of this makes sense to me, Nancy. I don't believe that this was, she was in a car and regrettably it got into water that was too deep. A, I'd want to know, can she swim or not? B, I think the body was dumped. And so certainly people like Joe Scott Morgan, who are expert forensic um, individuals, can look at the body. The coroner can do an autopsy. Let's see what they find, because I am with you. It doesn't smell right. I don't think it's right. I think there was some type of foul play. And I hope that law enforcement is still questioning to figure out what, in fact, really happened to her. Well, what do we know about the autopsy? To John Limley, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter, where you can find this and all other breaking crime and justice news. John Limley, where's the autopsy? Nancy, those results have not been released to the public yet, still uh, pending uh, the findings of that autopsy. Well, that's not helping me because Commander Tony Way, Cajun Coast Search and Rescue, I want to know, was she molested? Was she raped? What was the cause of death? Was it uh, was it drowning? Was it manual strangulation, which may not leave as much of a mark as ligature strangulation? Was it asphyxiation? Did you have a blow to the head, a closed head injury where you don't see it on the outside, but the damage is on the inside? Could have been on the back of the head where we didn't see it when she was laying there. You said she looked pristine. Tony, is that true? Did you have any idea what was the COD, cause of death? You know, as far as I could see, there were no visible signs. Uh no visible signs at all. Uh, so, uh, you know, so we've heard we've heard from the family that that the coroner said that it was a drowning. Uh, you know, and and I question that itself. But you know, I haven't seen the actual autopsy report yet. Um, you know, as far as I know, it hasn't been released to the public yet. And I'm just I'm really curious about it. I want to see the autopsy report when it's released to, you know, to kind of see it. And I, I've asked several. Uh, you know, I talked to uh, a coroner friend of mine and. We discussed the case, and he said, you know, that many days of, of being missing and, and presumed dead for that many days that the, the body wouldn't have looked like it looked. The 38-year-old moved to Texas a couple of years ago from Cynthia, however, came back to Kentucky several months ago to help her mother recover from surgery. Once she was better, they both moved back down to Texas just three weeks ago. They made that move to be with Emily's seven-year-old daughter. So sad because we'll be in Emily's apartment and somebody will come over and knock on the door. She says, is that mommy? You know, so I can imagine what she's going through. My mom's having a real tough time with this also. Uh, you know, her daughter's missing and, and she's down here with all her family. She's got his knee right now down here. Emily's brother, Chad, who still lives here in Kentucky, is now down in Texas helping with search efforts. You know, we've had a few leads here and there, but uh, nothing has really panned out. You're hearing our friend at WKYT-TV, Hillary Thornton, speaking with Emily Wade's brother, Chad. The little girl asking every day, where's mommy? Where's mommy? Going to look at the window. We know mommy's body has been found at a creek bed. This is not adding up. i got a lot of questions about autopsy and about how you prove a drowning death. But breaking news right now to the commander of the Cajun Coast Search and Rescue, Tony Wade. Tony, I understand that about 0600 Saturday morning, tomorrow morning, your team is going down divers, going down 
because something has popped up on sonar. Explain. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's not our team. There's a dive team out of Texas that's going out uh, to actually get in the water. So they're telling me that there was a sonar hit, uh, and they did, did decide that on the sonar it is a car. Uh, whether her car or not, we're not sure at this point. That's why they're going to send divers down on Saturday morning to see if it's her car, and if so, they're going to retrieve the car. The, from from where they're telling me the sonar hit us in Lake Bardwell, uh, on the opposite side of the dam from where she would have been found in the creek by several miles. So that, that in itself raises a lot of questions because if the car's in Lake Bardwell, then how did she get down in Cummins Creek? Um you know, so I mean, that that question will be answered on Saturday when the dive team actually goes down and, and puts a visual on the vehicle itself to see if it's her car or not. And you know, right now we're we're it's highly likely that it is her vehicle. Okay, you you, you talk so so quickly, and you know, I, I'm pretty good at understanding Cajun because my my best friend is Cajun. Could you slow it down a little bit for me, Commander Wade, and tell me again what did you just say? Because from what you're telling me, if her vehicle is in the lake, then her vehicle and her body are separated by a dam. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, you know, the, the sonar hit is in is actually in Lake Bardwell, which is going to be on the opposite side of the dam uh, that feeds um, Cummins Creek, where her body would have been found, where her body was found. And that's that's separated by by several miles at that point. Uh, you know, it just, to me, it'd be physically impossible for her to have been in the lake in her car and end up in Cummins Creek by by drifting. Uh, I think the chances on that are, are, are slim to none. Commander Wade, I am looking right now at a photo of Lake Bardwell. It's huge. And I'm also looking at the dam, and I don't really understand how a car, I guess, go upstream and get through a dam to get separated from her body, or how could her body get through the dam if, in fact, this is her car? Just suspend disbelief and explain to me, how could her body be that far away and get through a dam from her car? I, I, like I said, I, I think it's it's actually impossible for the body to end up on the other side of the dam, on the opposite side of where the car is. Uh, you know, I've been physically been out there and looked at the dam, looked at the structure, and you know, the spillover and all that stuff. I just, I just, I don't see it happening. Well, Commander Wade, what about if there was a lot of uh, overflow? Could it have gone her body gone gone over the dam? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see how it would have. To be honest with you. Uh, I just don't. I don't see it at all. I'm taking a look right now at Lake Bardwell in Ennis, Texas, and I don't see how the body could have gotten through the dam. I'm just not seeing it. I, I want to go quickly to Joseph Scott Morgan, forensics expert, author of Blood Beneath My Feet. Let's talk about the autopsy because in just a few hours, a dive team is going down into this lake, Lake Bardwell, there in Ennis, Texas, and they're going to see if what appears to be a car on sonar, and I assume, Tony, wait, it's side-scan sonar, is that correct? Yes, uh uh-huh. It is, it is side-scan sonar. All right, side-scan sonar goes down the sides of the body of water, and it hits on images. It can even pick up a human body, much less a car. Now, 
when they get the car, Joe Scott, and they are going to get it, it's going to be her car. No other car has been reported missing. They're going to pull that car up. And I want to find out how did she end up getting out of that car? Because Wade and I have talked a long time about this. Her car only had electric windows. And when you go into the water, that immediately shorts out the electrical circuit in a car. You can't lower the window. So what did she... And once that you're in, the water pressure on the outside is so strong, you can't kick out. That's why you're supposed to carry a hammer in your car under your seat to get out if you go underwater. What are we looking for in the car, Joe Scott Morgan? Well, we're going to glass in the, in the cars have been knocked in the car have been knocked out. The side windows, the windshield, the rear window, just to, just to try to frame it as if uh, there was a possibility that the body could have floated out of the vehicle. So we have to eliminate that. Uh, Want to know if the doors are open on the vehicle? Uh, maybe that was a possibility. I can't imagine that would be. Externally, I'm very curious to know what kind of external damage is there to this vehicle? Is there rollover damage? Like, for instance, is the actual uh, roof of the car uh, crushed in, the hood of the car crushed in? Is there impact, uh, impact damage to the very forward portion of the vehicle? Or has it been bumped off the road? Have the sidewalls been crushed in? So the car is going to tell a lot in this particular case, Nancy. Guys, we are searching for the truth in the death of this young mom of one who worked at Chili's, lived with her mom, Emily Wade. Wade is originally from Kentucky. The car she was driving was her mom's 2012 silver Nissan Altima with Kentucky license plates 411PAZ. We just, we just want her home. Jared Jones and Emily Wade share custody of their seven-year-old daughter. As of this morning, they hadn't told her yet that her mom is missing. It's going to break her heart. And yes. We don't know what to say to her, but we're going to have to tell her something. She's very intuitive, and she knows something is wrong. Her family says Emily Wade's bank account hasn't been touched, that her cell phone, one she only uses for text messaging, hasn't been used either. They are baffled, and so are police, and both are asking for the public's help to bring Emily home. No, she's never done anything like this before. That's what scares me. She would not do this to her mother. I know she wouldn't do it to me. She knows how to worry. She would not do this to me. She would not do this to her daughter. No, nothing like this. You can hear the heartbreak in Shirley Wade's voice as she describes her daughter, Emily, and her granddaughter. You are hearing from our friends at KTRK-TV speaking with her mom, Shirley, and mommy was right. She would never have done that. Her body has been found along a creek bed. Now we understand. Commander Tony Wade with the Cajun Coast Search and Rescue is telling us side scan sonar is picked up on an image that they believe is a car in the adjacent lake. How that car was separated from her body by a dam we don't know. And I'm looking at video of the creek right now. It just doesn't seem uh, big enough for her to have drowned in. You know, I'm thinking about her car and I'm thinking about side scan sonar. 
for those of you that are not divers or haven't recovered bodies, and I hope that's everybody listening out of water, side scan sonar is a category of sonar systems, and it is used because it can create a very, very accurate image, even in large bodies of water, like out in the ocean. You can also use um, uh, multi-beam echo sounders. You can use acoustic Dopplers, you can use hydrophones to listen, but and you get way sound waves that are different around the object than the free flowing water. To Tony Way, Cajun Coast Search and Rescue Commander, what did the object look like on the side scan sonar? Well, I haven't I haven't personally seen it yet, but speaking with the divers, uh, they're they're convinced it is a car. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just easily distinguishable between a car and, and, and the bottom or trash or anything else. So uh, they're saying they did have a sonar hit on a car. It's my understanding from looking at side scan sonar images, you cannot really distinguish the different types of car. Would you agree with that, Tony? Yes, I, I do. I do. Yeah, that's, that's what they said, that they would have to physically go down and, and, and visually see it to see what, what kind of car it is. It's not going to be able to tell the make, modeling, and that kind of stuff from side scan sonar. To Joe Scott Morgan, forensics expert, so many things to look for in the car, but back to the autopsy. If it's truly a drowning, what will you find in the in the lungs? Well, uh, what 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 is most striking about the lungs at autopsy with drownings, Nancy, is that they are precipitously heavier, highly congested compared to say those that have not drowned typical lung uh, pair of lungs weighs roughly about two and a half pounds. And so uh, many times in these cases, you're going to find when you weigh the lungs, they're going to weigh up to five pounds. And that is because they are effuse with water. Uh, some of the other things very quickly that that we have to consider if they're talking about her passing through a dam uh, or through a spillway, um, one of the things that you have to differentiate if she had any kind of uh, anti-mortem trauma, which means before death, you have to delineate that from what's called post-mortem trauma, which is she her body would be banged around and there wouldn't be any hemorrhage associated with that. But if we have anti-mortem trauma, say you had mentioned like a ligature strangulation or, or a manual strangulation, we would have hemorrhage related to that. So the doctors have to be very, very careful at autopsy to be able to examine these and kind of separate the wheat from the chaff, if you will, relative to this. And there's a whole other aspect we haven't even looked at to Ashley Wilcott, juvenile judge and lawyer at AshleyWilcott.com. The husband, you know, the husband, the ex, is always the first target of an investigation when a woman dies or goes missing, Ashley. Well, they should be the first person to target because they ostensibly, A, know more about that person than anybody else because they've been together with them at some point, but B, because too frequently, statistically, when someone does die and is killed, the reality is it's by someone they know. So there are two things that are going to solve this case, in my opinion. The first is somebody knows something. Anybody who thinks they know something that may not be important important needs to come forward. The second is forensics. And I'm hopeful law enforcement is considering everybody that she knows at this moment until we can determine based on forensics exactly what happened to her and rule out any suspicion. It's way too suspicious for me. You know what? As I was saying earlier, mommy always knows best. Take a listen to Emily's mother, Shirley. 
Emily and her ex-boyfriend, Jared Jones, share custody of a seven-year-old daughter. Both Emily's mother and Jared questioned by police. In situations like this, detectives always look first at the family. Yes, they do. And I can understand that. Anything going on that is not obvious here? Not with me. Or with Jared? I, I would be really surprised if Jared had anything to, he loved Emily, he loves Emily. They just didn't mesh together, you know, but they loved their daughter equally. And he would, I don't, I don't think Jared would ever hurt the mother of his child. That is Carrie Sanders with NBC News speaking to Emily's mother. And yes, I know a lot of times family doesn't know everything going on, but I've heard him speaking as well, Jared. And it, it, isn't it true, John Limley, he took part in the search and has been cooperating? That's true. Uh, Ennis police say they have, for the moment, cleared Jones, Wade's mother and her co-worker at Chili's, as persons of interest. I want to go to Dr. Daniel Bober, forensic psychiatrist. They have all but cleared the husband. What do you make of it? Well, I mean, I don't think they're going to completely rule him out. But remember, you know, there's another possibility. Maybe someone she came into contact with at Chili's, you know, look at those the video footage of when she was working on her ship. Look at the credit card receipts of the people that came in. Are the, Do the same names keep coming up over and over again? So I agree with Ashley. You know, the most likely person is the people that you know. But there's also this job that she had where she was exposed to the public. So I think that that angle needs to be looked at as well. To John Limley, CrimeOnline.com investigative reporter. So much hangs in the balance and we'll know so much more on Saturday. This is starting early, early in the morning. What else do we know is happening? One thing that has helped a little bit with the search is that these floodwaters that were really high the night of Emily's disappearance have subsided a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit, which is helping searchers a good bit. It's very interesting if you go on Google Maps and click on images and actually look at just the bridge that uh, she supposedly crossed that night. It is just a hunk of concrete, no railings on the side whatsoever. Of course, with the water really high, it's possible that her tires didn't even reach the bottom John Limley. of that of that bridge. John Limley. Indeed. John, look at the horizon in that picture. There's a dam. The bridge, I understand, going over the creek is on the side of the dam where her body was found, which makes a big difference. That means the car would have been near her body, not so far away on the other side of a dam. The tip line, guys, 972-875-4462, Ennis, Texas Police Department, 972-875-4462. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. 
See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn Nicotine Pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.